everybody to the heartbeats podcast it's episode nine and i am your host ruth kogan and i want you to know if this is your first time joining us this podcast is all about love most especially the love god has for us as demonstrated in how he brings two people together for marriage and how he is loving upon his singles And I just want to say again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you to all of you who are tuning in and hearing these amazing stories. I know that you're being encouraged and blessed just like I am. I hope you're sharing your stories with others. I hope this is inspiring you that some of the things God has done in your life are not meant for just you. They are meant for you to share and spread God's goodness, his faithfulness, his provision to other people so that their faith may be encouraged. And so that's what we're about here. So as I introduce this couple, episode nine, Delia and Oscar Castaneda, and they are actually good friends of my parents from my good old home. Well, I shouldn't say they're from Lansing, Michigan. But that is where they are currently residing. And they have a beautiful marriage. It was really amazing to hear what and how they got together. And as you listen, I pray that, again, God will help you see your life through his lens. So as you're listening, what's stirring your heart? What's sticking out to you? And... Over here, we call that your heartbeat, okay? Because God likes to poke at us sometimes say, hear that, hear that, pay attention. So pay attention (laughs) to what he is pointing out to you and you will hear my heartbeat at the end as well. And I will just say, and then we're moving on. I might need to get some dance lessons, all right? That might be a word for all of us. Get some dance lessons. That's all I'm going to say. So here we go. Let's meet Delia and Oscar. Welcome, Delia and Oscar, to the Heartbeats podcast. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Thank you, Ruth, for having us here today. Yes, it's a very good opportunity. And thank you for giving us the opportunity to be with you here today. Yeah, it's a pleasure and an honor. So I want to thank you both. I'm excited to get into your story. And first of all, just go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourselves, what y'all do, about your family, how long have you all been married, all that good stuff. Okay, My name is Delia Castaneda, and that's my married name. <laughs> we have two grand kids. Their names are Elliot and Joaquin. And there is a big blessing for us in our lives, we have two daughters and married with you a wonderful the, you guys. Change the order now. Oh, I change the order. <laughs> that shows who is more important. <laughs> because my grandkids are important to me. <laughs> okay. 
I'm sorry. My parents said the same thing. They were like, you know, y'all were cute, but when we got grandkids, they were really cute. <laughs> so what do you do? I am a teacher, a Spanish teacher. So I teach Spanish and do different groups, homeschooling groups at MSU. I am Oscar. I have the same kids and the same grandkids. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, I've, been, I've been in MSU for since 1998, working in projects that had to do with geographic information systems. And recently, in the last five, six years, I got in this crazy adventure of working as a community organizer. So oh, I've been wow. a community organizing, working around issues of Latinx community and civil rights for immigrants. So that's the thing that I do. And it started like really slow and really small and it became a huge thing in my life. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I love that. And that especially you see the particular climate of the last, like you said, five or six years. And that's an extremely important work that you're doing. That's awesome. And shout out to MSU, by the way. That's my alma mater so we gotta give all the family right all the that's family. right whole family <laughs> lead green that's beautiful and how long have you all been married 34 years oh congratulations yes. when is number 35 when's your anniversary next year in august 29th okay so the big three five coming up awesome that's beautiful well let's just get right into your story and tell us you know where were you your age what happened and I will interject as needed. I think that we need to set some context first because that was in Guatemala. And it's still like that, but much more so 30 years ago. People doesn't move out of home after high school. Everybody stays home. Mm, okay. it's, 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 it's very rare for somebody to move out when they finish high school. And the United States, it seems to be like an... It's almost almost like an embarrassment, right? If you are, right. In, if you are 20 and you still, they still, still with his parents. Yeah. You know, when when I was 20, everybody that I knew lived with these parents. Only people with some extremely bizarre situations or broken family, they would go somewhere else. And most most of the time, they want to live with relatives, not in their own. Mm. I think that this is important to say. Yes, to the whole thing. So, like, my friends, everybody got married living in their parents' house. And then once you get married, you move out. So we met in Guatemala and... We met in a youth group. Yeah, I, would, I would describe it as a youth program. A youth program, right. yeah. A youth program, yeah. Okay. Yes. At yeah. church or was it? At the... we, we, were, we were Catholic at that time. At that time, there was a very strong renaissance of all those. You know, it's the 80s in Guatemala. And that meant a lot of Catholic priests who were really committed to do things a little bit different. Mm. So this was a priest who had long hair, like long hair, long like this hair. Wow. Um, and Y'all can't he, see. It's like... He pointed to his shoulders. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That's right. That's no meaning. And he was trying to do things different in a very different way. And this is interesting because it's the name of the program organization group was Un Camino Mejor, which means a better path, or a better way, something somewhere in between. But right. this is the way it translates Corinthians 13. Mm. I'm going to show you a better way of blah 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 it's a little bit of a stretch but it makes sense in spanish so it's right. from corinthians 13 i'm going to show you a best way off so that's what that. a better way of love right wow and you guys were how old when you met this program 19 years old yes when we start yes in the program Okay, so how did this work? Like, Oscar, did you see Delia? And you were like, oh, look at that cute girl over there. Like, how did y'all actually connect and meet? So to speak? So the, the way they did it was, it's very unusual and very different of what. The, so they would organize, they call them retreats. But, it, you know, in hindsight, it wasn't like a retreat, retreat. It was more like a weekend of activities and actions. And it was aimed at people who didn't have faith. Mm. or was looking for a new way of renewing their faith. So right. they would take you to a place and spend, I think it was Friday night, Saturday and Sunday. It was very emotional and very touching to your heart. And as a, as a youth, it's even more important. So everybody came out to the weekend crying and super emotional, super excited about being a Christian. So they would have one every month, every as often as they could, groups of 40, 50 kids. So you spend a weekend together and then they kept you together 
doing like something that would be like the equivalent to a youth, like a growth group kind of okay. thing. Yep. Meeting together, meeting together, and there were activities for all the groups together. So we identified ourselves as like, because it was Un Camino Mejor. So the first meeting was Camino number one, and then Camino number two, and mm -hmm. so on. So it was like, it, it was like this inside things that you understand only if you are part of it. So they would say, what are you? I'm Camino one. Oh man, you know the first generation. What Camino are you? Camino. So we were Camino four. Okay. So you were so in group we, four. Exactly. exactly. Okay. Four group go, going into part. And we kept involved with those things. So we would do this sort of grow group together. And also the activities with everybody in the organization. So we were Camino four. So we met at that weekend. But in that weekend... So many people. So I didn't pay too much attention on Oscar <laughs> because we were divided in different groups. So, yes, I remember him from certain activities, but he wasn't in my group, group, group. So I only paying attention to him after, after, oh. yes, when we start meeting like every month. Right. Every week, every week, every week. Yeah, that was yeah. a pretty regular amount of time after that weekend. And Oscar, do you remember Delia from that first weekend? Or? No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> we don't remember each other. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you started then getting together weekly with this group mm -hmm. and how did you all start sticking out to one another and what was sticking out to you? We start like friends, very, very close friends. So we talk about each other and about in that moment, our couple, we have a boyfriend or girlfriend. So we start talking about that. And I think that's helped me to see better Oscar because I didn't beginning starting here. Oh, he's going to be my boyfriend. Or, so it was like, I can be me easily without trying to pretend, oh, I am the right. nice girl and cool girl. So, right. yeah. so, so you were just naturally yourself because you weren't thinking along those lines. Exactly. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yes. What about you, Oscar? I come from a very broken family, a mm. very dysfunctional family, and I didn't have any faith at all. At all, at all. No, I, I just say... I had a very rebellious attitude toward everything that had to do with religion. And my fa my family wasn't religious at all. And I went, more than anything, I went pushed by my friend, a friend of mine, like really, really pushed. So the beginning of the thing, I didn't even want to be there. So, mm. and I was seeing someone at the time. Oh, okay. I was seeing someone who was coming from, a, from another very broken family, which okay. makes sense. And that happens oftentimes, right? That, right. People from dysfunctional families and so with dysfunctional families. So we had this very, very dysfunctional as well relationship. Yeah. So I came to this thing and then I decided that I was going to stick with the program and stay with this thing. And I invited her to come. And I, I, so I told her, you should come to this thing. And she came for one weekend and Delia met her. <laughs> Delia met her. <laughs> but she... I haven't think about it in so many years, but now thinking about it, she never really bought into it and she never really had a like a deep change. And then I was, especially those first two, three years, I was super, super, super spiritual and super, super, super into those things and things I never did again. And I probably should like pray three times a day and read mm. the Bible for hours and all those things. Yeah, and cry, cry, fresh, right? And crying, mm -hmm. reading the Bible yeah. and all those things. So she didn't meet into this. So I would bring her to the, to the weekly meetings and gatherings and things. And I remember we were sitting in there and I remember Delia was sitting in front of me and she'd be like, <laughs> because I only seeing Oscar like a friend I say oh you are so cute together okay very good that you are here welcome and <laughs> so so you were actually observing their relationship Delia and you just as a friend you were encouraging them along and yes that okay. being together yes and family same things yeah so Oscar you're growing in your faith but you're girlfriend at the time wasn't really taking it yeah exactly, exactly, exactly. okay so when did that relationship eventually end how long was that 
a few, like a month. It's, it is why I'm going like down, 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 down. And yes. That, that's not, I don't think that there's such a thing as a breaking point. Just, yeah. Yeah. I don't remember. Honestly, I don't remember. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not, so you, how long were y'all friends before it turned into something more? We were friends like a year. Okay. Yes. Okay. And then how did it turn into something more? Well, <laughs> is my daughter are going to listen to this? It will be <laughs> I hope they do. No. <laughs> they're they're both married though now. They're <laughs> was Oscar's birthday no, but so, also, but before this so we we will do I guess it will be criticized here of the <laughs> front upon but so we would come together and do things and do like Bible students and things and then we will go to the dancing places so disco places so well, but it's just them clubs in no, the US. yes exactly, exactly. <laughs> and and it's it's the 80s like we all smoke like heavy smoke Okay. Um, we uh-huh. we smoke at the priest was the heaviest smoker. <laughs> Everybody so smoked. Yeah, he, smoked in the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So we would come together and then go and hang out and do tons of things and celebrate everybody's birthdays and even have a couple of beers. So I remember very clear that one one of those outings, just before to the event that she's gonna mention, she told me that one of the other guys was asking her out oh. and I didn't like it I like oh. well, this is this is this is oh, what is asking out yes, I remember this very clear for you Oscar was that like a moment that you were like wait why do I care yeah ex- exactly 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 oh, like, yes. I remember this very very clear and I was like well this, he's he's a loser what's wrong with this guy <laughs> So it was Oscar's birthday and we went out to this club to dance. So I ended dancing with Oscar, the birthday boy. So, oh, yes. So he started looking at me at the eyes and then my heart started pounding. I said, oh, what I am feeling. <laughs> and he started seeing a different way. Mm. And, and he keeps seeing me dancing and, and we were close. So, yes. So he kissed me. <laughs> So wait, literally, this I love this. So literally, you're dancing. This is like from a movie. Like you're dancing and you're looking into each other's eyes. And Delia, this is when you're like, oh my, why am I? Why yes. Am I, why is my heart beating like this? Yes. Uh, why I'm feeling that? Yes. I'm feeling that. That's amazing. I love that. Okay. So you and, and again, all the all the all the context again because. You know, in South America, I don't know how is it nowadays, but then in those times, if you couldn't dance, you could never date nobody. <laughs> yes, yes, that's that was the thing you had. You had to know how to dance, and, and everybody did that. And probably still, yeah, I probably still do. You know, and every single birthdays, all kinds of celebrations, you ended up or dancing in the living room or going to a dancing place. That's, <laughs> that's me. So everyone has to dance. You know, next time I see you all, I'm gonna. I'm going to want a little demonstration. Maybe a, <laughs> maybe, maybe a lesson. Maybe I'll be appropriate. Oh, yeah, with it. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so you have this moment, Oscar's birthday. And then what do you do from there? So then, well, I come in for a very, very strict family. So when I came home, I say, oh, I need to tell my my parents that now I have, I have a boyfriend. Mm. But I want to be sure that Oscar wants to be my boyfriend. Right. And yes. So I need to talk with him first. Mm. So next day I was at my house and then somebody knocked the door and it was Oscar. And Oscar said, okay, Delia, I'm ready to talk with your dad and say that we are going to be girlfriends. And I said, no, 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 please don't. I need to talk first with my parents and tell them. So, but, but again, again, the con- <laughs> the context is different because when she say talk to your parents, that sounds like an extremely serious thing here, right? Right. It, it wasn't there. It was not because you live at home. So if the same guy is coming every three times a week, they need to know who this guy is. Right? Uh, absolutely. So, yeah, yes. exactly. So yes. it's not. It's not. It's it's a little bit different. As I said, the context is totally different. So you weren't necessarily thinking. 
all right, I'm ready to marry this girl. No, 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 no. I'm just thinking I got to be appropriate and let them know. Yes, 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 yes. But for my dad was a very good difference being a friend that being a boyfriend. So like, yes. uh, And boyfriend is more like seriously dating. What you would say, seriously dating. There's a, you know, I have this obsession about the, meaning of words because probably because I live in a bilingual world and try to translate all the time. Mm-hmm. So even today I don't really comprehend very well this difference in between I'm seeing someone, I'm dating someone, right. I am with someone. It's always I don't know where the lines are and this boyfriend, right. girlfriend in, in South American <laughs> context makes it even more complicated. You said it's not complicated and it makes it more complicated. Oh, right, right, <laughs> to, trans- right. to translate in this conversation. It's, it's, <laughs> I think it's just as complicated without those, those issues. <laughs> yeah, it, is, yeah. it is a confusing world in terms because not everyone, you almost have to define it because not everyone means the same thing when they say the words date or with somebody. So um, I remember one of my daughters said when they were in high school, she said about someone, she said they're Facebook official though. That means you're really, you know, that's a very serious thing to say. That's amazing. So how long did you all, you know, date or whatever the context means? How long did your relationship last before you got engaged and married and so forth? Well, it was seven years. Seven years. Seven years. Is yes. that pretty typical? Of- no, 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 no. The thing is because Oscar won a scholarship. Okay. So he went to study to Mexico and I wait for him at home. Oh, wow. So we were like being out together, like, yes, like girlfriend and boyfriend, like in terms in like right. in Guatemala terms. One year when he won the scholarship mm. and that scholarship was for five years. Wow. So, yes. So, and this is when my dad came again to the picture because he said, if he's your boyfriend, you can't have another boyfriend. Right. No, no two, no two timing. You got yes, yes. And my mom, what? <laughs> oh so. my God. Goodness. Yeah, so that's the difference. That's the difference. Probably it would be closer to say, probably if you're still in a relationship with him, you cannot be dating somebody else. Exactly. exactly. Did you all have a conversation before you left, Oscar, about should we, we we, I was so immature and so I was thinking it wasn't one year, Delia. So we came to this thing in April, and my birthday was in October. So it's mm-hmm. my like six months of friends. Wow. Then, then it went probably, I think it was two years that went through. And many things happened because it was the hardest times of the civil war. And the priest left Guatemala because mm. his life was being threatened. So he left, he went back to Spain. And the program kind of disassembled for a little okay. bit. Yep. And because of disassembling, we ended up being, I don't even know how it happened. And probably I could if I reflect enough. But we ended up in the leadership of that thing after okay. two or three years. Okay. And we were absolutely, totally not prepared for this. Mm. We, we just scrambled to keep things together. And actually, I think it helped us to grow a lot. But uh, we ended up in a lot in the leadership of that thing. So there was a moment with many. And the thing was family-oriented, but my family never showed up in there. And her family, for other reasons, they didn't really get involved. So we would come to me. There were families and us. And, you know, they, they would refer to us as the Castañedas. Oh. And, and ex- exactly. And I was really, really, <laughs> really, really, exactly, exactly. exactly. And, and this leadership being together, doing so many things. And I was doing really badly in the university. Like, I wasn't even paying attention to the thing. Like, but for me, number one was the program, the Camino. And number two was my relationship with Delia. Yeah. And then everything. And so college was like an afterthought. And I wasn't right. doing really well. And then... Before I met her, I signed up for this program to apply for these scholarships. And then, like, very, very late in the game, like two years later, they called me and they offered me the thing. So exactly. years after you applied. Exactly. Wow. And my family was at the worst, to the worst of the problems that they had. It was, like, really, really, really bad. So when they said scholarship, I said, I'm going. And 
And the fact is that I wasn't mature enough to have this vision of this thing of, oh, this is my relationship, how is it going to work? Right. And in Central America, they still have these ideas of, oh, if you go to get an education abroad, you're going to be extremely successful and you're going to have the best ever career and you're going to be the most successful professional in your field. So I was like, this is my opportunity. And, and I didn't really care about college. I was going to engineering school just because everybody was, oh, he's really good at math. He's really good at math. You, go to, you should go to engineering. So I was getting deeper in this relationship. And, you know, I had my family saying, so you're you going to get serious about this? Are you going to get married? You don't have money. Right. You're in second year in college. And then this scholarship came. And I think I'm going. I'm going. And right. if she loves me, she's going to wait for me. And I don't think that I was mature enough to have a serious conversation about mm. Wow. And Delia, how did you feel with him leaving? Well, extremely sad. And I have the pressure of, well, my dad saying that I can dating anyone. And my mom saying, break out with Oscar. So you you are going to have the opportunity to meet another people because it is a long time to wait. And so I was in was debated because if I say to Oscar, I keep Waiting for you, my dad, I know my dad never is going to allow me to know another people. And my mom, in the other hand, saying, you need to meet another people and to see what is going to happen. Plus my feelings, because I love Oscar a lot, feeling that is going to be far, that we are not going to see each other yeah. every day or frequently. It was a very hard, very, very, very hard for me. Mm. Very, very hard, Yes. And being mature, that's what, something that I don't understand, how he need to left and going to study in another place. And yes. Wow. So what were some key moments, I guess, in those years where, Oscar, you're in Mexico on the scholarship? What were some key moments that propelled you all forward to eventually get you to that place of, all right, let's actually get married? I don't know if I have a, if I have like key moments or particular moments. The thing is, the thing is, all those years I started, I started to drift away. And so I went to live in this thing that is probably the, the closest comparison is like a co-op in a campus. Yeah. Big. There were like 100 people in there that belongs to the Opus Day. Opus Day is not very popular. There's not very well known in the United States, but you should look them up. And they're like the super extreme of the Catholic Church. Okay. And I get those years made me get very negative about the mm. Catholic Church. And I, I started to drift away. And I, I totally left any kinds of faith-related activities in my life. So it went like probably, I would say, two, three years, two, three, four years. And after two years, I left that place and I went to live in an apartment with friends. And I, I wasn't even thinking about it. I was just living a regular college life. Yeah. And I started to date and see people and party and do many things. And I remember I was seeing someone very informally in, in Mexico, very crazy when a party is in. And I remember one day when I said, if I don't get married with Delia now, I won't get married. And I would wow. break up. Then I went back to Guatemala and I asked her to get married. You know what? Somebody told me this thing that this person said, there is always in your life, there is the woman who you wanted to get married with, the woman who you should marry with, and the one you ended up marrying with. <laughs> and I, I remember thinking, and I was, oh my God, I was like 23, but I remember thinking, oh my gosh, this is the one that I should marry with. And I'm going to, if I keep going with this, this path, I'm just going to let her go. So I need to marry now. And, wow. But in one hand, at a very emotional level. But the reality, the reality is that I wasn't mature enough right. to make such a serious decision in my life. So while you're dating Delia, who's back in Guatemala, you were also seeing other women at the time. In Mexico. In, in Mexico. Mexico. Yeah, in Mexico. And Delia, just were you aware of that or? Okay. Um, <laughs> but Oscar, you had uh, this moment where you were like, wait, if I don't, if I continue doing what I'm doing, I'm not going to marry Adelia, who I mm -hmm. actually want to be with. Mm -hmm. okay. But remember, so my telephone bill, my telephone bill was the my highest expense for all these years in Mexico. Mm -hmm. And remember, we wrote letters to each other. And, Just calling me. Uh, and the, and the, <laughs> right. the, letter, the letters came two weeks later. 
Mm. So it was a very difficult relationship. And I was watching our daughters when they get engaged here and in this era, and they would have dates every Friday. Right. In Zoom. And that's that's <laughs> like say a letter took two weeks. So I remember yeah. all those weird things when when we spoke in the phone, the conversations were, were out of sync. Yeah. Because we would say, Did you get my letter? No, I haven't got your letter. Well, this mm. thing happened. So when the letter came. It was outdated. It, it was it, it's a whole a whole different wow. system of things. Delia, how did you tell me what was going on with you at the time? At that time, I was waiting for Oscar and I only want to be with him. But that uh, seeing back in that time, I think our relationship was with the pressure of external things. One, I need to be married with him because it is the boyfriend that I am dating and I'm waiting for him. Yeah. I didn't break up with him, so he is the one that mm-hmm. I need to be married. It's, it's going to be such embarrassment if after waiting for him for five years. Right. And I don't get married with him. Right. Yes. So it is like more at the same time feeling of love. Yes, yes, yes. And pressure of all the external things around us. Right. Sort of that obligation. Um, yes. you, had, you had invested a lot of time and energy. Yes. To it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So no, this, this societies. So like here in Lansing, like in Isla, say, I'm going to say East Lansing. In East Lansing, I, I, I met all this. I met all this social context of people all those years and who, boys who went to school with my daughters and all those families. But then after high school, everybody seems to spread around and Someone lives in Chicago, Maria lives in San Diego, there are people in New York and Barra. the Guatemalan culture is so different than that. Mm. So you grew up together, you went to high school together, and everybody lives in the same place, and you are 50 and you're still living with the same people, and the context never changes. So all those yeah. social pressures are very different. So it's like right. they yeah, they is there still in the same neighborhood and the same neighborhood, and everybody's in the same context. Yep. You know, the guy who went to Mexico with the scholarship is this really weird guy. Like mm. it's just this unique Right. So you leaving was sort of a Exactly. Cultural move. Exactly. <laughs> and I think it's very important to understand absolutely. where we're coming from. Yes, yeah. absolutely. For sure. Well, we're going to wrap up with a few questions. Well, first of all, I want to know, Oscar, and again, I love the conversation between different contexts and different cultures. How did you propose to Delia? You know, because today, you know, it's a big show. And I'm not saying that necessarily in a disrespectful way i love that men put a lot of time and thought into it but you know if you've heard my parents story at all my dad just you know popped the question on them taking a walk you know it wasn't super showy but i'm curious to know how did you propose what did that look like in your time and context we were starting to do the american whales from the very beginning of copying things of the united states so i bought a ring and we went together for dinner, and I told her over dinner. But uh, not <laughs> it's not with this all those things of get, getting your knees and propose that, that didn't it didn't exist. It didn't really exist. So, <laughs> so no nobody did. Nobody ever did. So we were having dinner, and, and I yes pr- proposed yes, but not in this kind of ceremonial thing. Right, right, right. <laughs> Yes, and was a different ring has two stones that we call you and me. So he, yeah. So he opened and he gave me that that ring that say with the two stones that means you and me. So I was oh, (laughs) and I always cry for everything. So I I I cry. (laughs) I love so Oscar named the stones you and me, or that's what the stones are called. You and me, the stones that are on your. A ring. Always when we have a, a ring with two stones, it is called you and me. Oh, in Guatemala. Yes. yes. In the 80s. In the, I, 80s. I in the 80s. I don't know if now in that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> There's yes. a lot of things about the 80s we could chat about. Yeah. There, yes. no, you know, I have seen, I have seen a, few, <laughs> a few videos of acquaintances of us. And now they're doing the way, the whole American way of getting in the knee and the friends and the video and the flight. Yeah, right, right. Change, change, change. I yeah. love it, though. All right. And then I want to know, why did you 
pick your spouse and no one else. So Oscar, you mentioned this sort of coming to of like, I need to marry Delia or it's not going to happen. What was it about her though, that you were like, I want to be with Delia and that's it. And Delia, what was it about Oscar that you were like, I want to be with him and nobody else? For me is, well, it's, it's like a, always I knew that Oscar is the one that I want to be with him all the time. And because also coming, going with this youth group, and I think Christ was, and yes, very important. So I wanted that he was the center of our relationship. Mm -hmm. Also, I make like a symbol with three letters, O-C-D, that it is O for Oscar, C for Christ, and D for Delia. Mm -hmm. So I always say, Oh, yes, Christ chose that person for me. So I was convinced yeah, I, of that. That, that, was, but, that was my draw. I yes, draw. yes, Oscar <laughs> drove it. But, <laughs> but, but this is what we <laughs> Yes. So it is more like something inside me that saying that Oscar was the person that I want to be with him. Mm, I yes. Love that. I love that. Also, I have in my room, I brought the O, the C, and the D. It was something like this. Oh, ooh, ooh! You're gonna have to take a picture of that so I can post that up later. <laughs> okay. Yes, I can. That's I can send a picture of that. So that. that was more, more. But that has a feeling, something inside me, because mature. I think I, I wasn't mature for a relationship. Mm. Yes. So there was something inside of you that said, "This is God's pick for you." Yes. Yes. Was there like a specific moment where you sensed that or was it just over time you realized that when I was close with him more and more that I feel that I feel that so it kind of developed over time yes yes that feeling yes. And, right. and you, and you yes. have you have some suitors then some guys who were asking you out and not yes that. many <laughs> Oscar she waited for you <laughs> and I waited and I'm waiting <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, it's really sad because a couple of them died from COVID mm. in the last two months. Mm. Mm. Wow. Wow. So they're back in Guatemala. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what about you, Oscar? Why did you want to marry Delia and commit to her? I don't know if I can be very specific about one. I don't know if I can verbalize it. I just felt that, that was the thing. And I, I, I don't remember either if I have a, a very specific point. And I, sometimes I listen to people saying things like, I knew that God was telling me this and, uh, and I had this. And I don't have any specific thing like this. I just felt that it was something inside of me. And mm. yeah. I love that. That's beautiful, though. All right. Two more questions. We're wrapping up. All right. Y'all know the name of the podcast is Heartbeats. So what's something your spouse does currently now that makes your heart beat? Oh, wow. <laughs> and this podcast is not for children, so you can say whatever. <laughs> I love that. You start. <laughs> Probably, I would say, to dance with me. I love that. You all still dance? Not as often as I wish. But <laughs> I... <laughs> Many things. Mm. I think... <laughs> oh... <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's, okay. it's kind of emotional. Mm -hmm. I think the way that now we talk with each other, I think our love story is beautiful and we have that kind of moments that like a um, love story. But I think after we have problems or something, it is more like we know better each other now. Mm. And it is more like the young boy that I met, now it is a man. And now I, I think I love the man that he is now. Oof. So beautiful. I think my heart beats when 
I hug him, I hug his back. So I am so thankful with, with God that I am married with him and that we change, that we are not the same that we were years ago in mature. Mm. But now in our mature age, I can say that I am in love with him because mm. I decided mm. to be in love with him. It is more like, right? Yes. Like I choose him in the few couples ago. Yes. <laughs> yes. Wow. Wow. Thank you. I was thinking in like one, like in point in particular, I think we're going to go in this kind of conversation. Something I will say is that if it wasn't because of Delia, I would probably already broke totally apart from my family. I really don't try to talk to them and I, I don't have a deep relationship with them. And I think that the, if I still have a, a sort of a relationship with my family, it's because of that. She's mm. the one who's trying to keep us together so connect. Mm. I love that. That partnership, you know, of helping one another, supporting each other. You know, and all answers, all levels of answers are good, Oscar. So just simple dancing. Yes. You know, you got to keep it fun and enjoy each other at the same time. But and there's there's more than this. There's more than this because you know you know when you do salsa, cumbia, and all those things, there is this sense of intimacy of uh, mm. how do dance partners understand to each other. And when you've been dancing together for many years, you really know your partner and you really know how your partner dances, and that makes for a really good flow of the dancing. So like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like. So until before COVID, until before COVID, we were still going with a group of Latino friends to, I don't know if it exists in your days in, in Lansing, but there's a salsa boat mm. that goes in the Red Cedar and you go into the boat and they sail through the Red Cedar for three, four hours and everybody's inside dancing. So, so we were with several couples and sometimes when you exchange partner, is the other person is like, ah, this is... She doesn't really understand me. I don't really understand. Wow. Yeah, that's not really nice. So, wow. But your partner of 40 years, yeah, we understand each other. Okay. <laughs> wow. I feel like, you know, y'all, without even trying, we're dropping little gems for people because I don't know if y'all ever saw the movie. Well, there's been various dancing movies that have come out, but just that concept of what you said, Oscar, about knowing your partner and knowing how they move and how you move is sort of this analogy for just relationships overall and trusting one another in that process. Oof. Y'all, that was beautiful. This was so, so fun. And I learned a lot. I, I appreciate you all just taking time to share your story, but also actually taking time to help us understand the cultural context, the time period context. And y'all are a beautiful couple. And you know, the love of Christ just shines out through both of you. And Delia, what you were saying about, you know, a lot of times people are afraid that their spouse will change, but mm -hmm. kind of hearing the perspective of, you know, we're not the same persons we were when we got married and you're thankful of how you two have grown and developed and matured individually. And as a couple is really beautiful. So thank you. Thank you both no. for this opportunity. No, thank you for, <laughs> for asking us and for the opportunity to share and to bring memories again that this is fun. <laughs> and still when the, you remember that memories still have like uh, butterflies in your stomach. <laughs> Absolutely. Reliving it. Remember, <laughs> remembering that. Yeah. <laughs> and All we right. are going to send you a picture of that. <laughs> yes, do it. I'll post it up so people can see. But, you know, I hope you all get to go dancing later. Um, and, <laughs> and yes, I will talk to you all soon. I look forward to being able to see you all hopefully when I'm back in Lansing. Yes, 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 yes. You have to come and have a dinner with us. <laughs> yes, teach me some salsa. <laughs> Let's get that started. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Both so thank much. you. Thank you. <laughs> so I just learned a ton. How about you all? I loved our conversation about 
cultural context, about the time period, and how that framed their story. And so this actually plays into my heartbeat this week, which is the word. It's a big one, (laughs) y'all. Sovereignty. It's a big church word. Sovereignty. Okay. And for all you theologians out there who might be listening, I'm going to give my Ruth in her own words version. Sorry, it will not come out of a textbook, but the sovereignty of God, right, is the, the hand of God that is behind the scenes orchestrating our lives, using the circumstances, the people we meet, the places we live, and orchestrating and carrying out our story that he has authored for our lives. And we hear in scripture how God works for the good of those who love him, right? So I loved when I'm talking with Delia and Oscar and you hear that, yes, there was love that they had for each other when they got married, but part of why they got married was a certain level of cultural obligation of where they were at that time. There was a certain amount of, you have spent a lot of time with this person there was an expectation you kind of marry the people in your town and y'all should get married, right? So there was a certain amount of that at play and both of them kind of recognizing too at that time, not the most mature in their lives at that time. They were quite young, but who you see them now? Come on now. God brought them together. So what do we see? Like, God is not confined to cultural obligations. He's not confined to even our own immaturities, maybe poor decisions we make, whatever you want to put in there. He is not confined to them. Hold up. Hold up. He's using them. Stop it now. Did you all catch that? He is using, using those very things we think are against us. God's like, mm-hmm, sorry, I'm going to use them in your story. I'm going to use them to beautify and bring redemption. Let me put some Bible to it. All right. Shout out to my father because this is, I actually had to call him before I recorded this. I was like, ah, I need help kind of clarifying my thoughts. So he and I should have recorded that convo and just popped it in, but <laughs> it would have made this, this episode a lot longer. So this is partly my father's thoughts through my mouthpiece, but he reminded me of the book of Ruth. And in that story, let's just remind ourselves how Ruth and Boaz got together. First of all, Ruth was a Moabite, okay? So she didn't even live in Bethlehem where she ends up going. She was in essentially, what is it? I forget the word, a Gentile. That's not the Old Testament word, but she's not in an area where the Jewish community is living. Then her husband dies. Then she follows her mother-in-law to a new land with a new God and says goodbye to her family and what she knew. Moves there is very poor and not, you know, her and Naomi are sticking out together. And then let's be clear. Yes, I think Boaz had a certain amount of affection for Ruth, but this isn't like Hollywood where he was like head over heels in love with her. I don't think it was like that. That's my personal opinion. There was a certain amount of cultural obligation that Boaz was carrying out in order to take care of and provide for and love Ruth. And I think, again, I think there's evidence in the text that shows he was excited about this and certainly willing to do this. But there was, again, a certain amount of, I'm going to do this because that's what I should do. And what does God do with their story? Down the line comes David, King David. And then down the line comes Jesus. Did Ruth and Boaz know that King David would come from them? I don't know. I don't see that. Theologians, what do you think? Did they know that the Messiah was going to come from their line? So I think the point being that God worked through all of their brokenness and mess 
not just to bring them together, but to birth out redemption, birth out redemption. And that is exactly what God does with our lives. I see that with Delia and Oscar, where they're reflecting on their marriage now and going glory to God. Look at what he has done, the beauty he has brought, the love he has filled us both with. And he answered our prayers. In fact, Delia texted me that today. We were going back and forth a little bit. And she was just saying like, how beautiful was that God answered her prayers and has just beautified their marriage. And y'all, that is what I want to remind us all of today. God's sovereignty over our lives, that whatever you are looking at and you're going, oh, 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 no, this is gross. This is awful. This is less than ideal. God, do you know where I live? Do you know how little connections I have? Do you understand the decisions, the poor decisions I've made? Do you understand my weaknesses here? And God's like, do you know who I am? Because I can take that and not only redeem the time, but I can actually use those very things that you think are against you and use them to bring beauty out of your life, to bring redemption out of your life. And one of the things I love about a story like Daily and Oscar is that we can see the beauty. You might be in the midst of it going, I don't see no beauty. And this is where trust comes in that God is behind the scenes orchestrating and working and moving in your life. And over time, this is a trust of faith that over time, he is doing something remarkable with the very things that we think are against us. So with that said, you all, let's take a big breath. I need one. (laughs) And remind ourselves that God is overseeing your life. So we can trust and relax in him. All right. It was awesome to hang out with you. I will see you all next week for another episode of Heartbeats. Take care. When I saw you, my heart felt complete, yeah But I wasn't ready to speak So I took the first word, I was ready to greet But God knew we were meant to be I knew we were meant to be, yeah We were meant to be, yeah We were meant to be, yeah